Welcome, my friends, to the Moon Jockeys Podcast. <laughs> An in-depth discussion of Star Wars themes, characters, and storylines. Now, here are your hosts, Katie and Brian. to another episode of Moon Jockeys Podcast. My name is Brian, one of your hosts. I'm so excited to be joined by my co-host. How are you doing tonight, Katie? Hello, Brian. Good evening. It's so nice to be back. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm really ready to talk about some dark side up in here. It's my favorite side. It's the best side. It's the dark side. <laughs> you don't know the power of the dark side. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get... Here's my ally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're going to make everyone scared and maybe frightened a little bit. Uh, it's my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing, honestly. They will fear us and they will call us lords. Yes, dark lords. <laughs> we are lords. Dark lords. I love it. I love it. Let's get into it. Oh, my gosh. We Let's, had a uh, poll last week. Um, yes, yes do, we did. Can we go over the results of that? We should absolutely do that. We asked what dark side power people would most like to have. Of course, starting with the force joke or telekinesis. I guess that that's a, that's a power that goes on uh, both sides. You know, yeah, lifting rocks, throwing rocks <laughs> on the dark side. That's what you do. You throw the rocks. You don't lift them. You hurl them at people's heads. <laughs> Or you throw the, people in lava pits, you know. Right, like right. Yeah. Well, you know, Jedi do that too. I'm pretty sure they <laughs> put Anakin. No. <laughs> Cutting off legs. No, that's all light side. That's light side powers. <laughs> anyway, anyway. There's also the force lightning and the force repulse power. You may remember that. That was from Force Unleashed, right? It was. Yeah. Was that your was that your favorite in Force Unleashed? It is. Um, nice. I, I don't. I I'm a light fo- side force user in my mind. <laughs> okay. I like to be at peace with things and kind of a tree hugger. But um. Aww. I, I like you. To, you like, would do love. well on Dagobah. Um, <laughs> Wait. <laughs> but there are times when I'm just feeling very antisocial. Mm-hmm. When like I get a little anxiety attack or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of want to do a force repulse and make everybody around me disappear. Nice. There you <laughs> go. Give in to the dark side. <laughs> Where it's just like, I need a little bit of me time at the moment. Can you guys go away? I just need space. Poof. Y'all gone. Exactly. So like just the force repulse power is very appealing at times. Nah, see, when we're talking about Force Unleashed, my favorite thing was just to be a big whirly dervish of death with like spinny lightsabers and just like everybody move. <laughs> that was my favorite thing. But uh, as far as our poll goes, the winning vote was for telekinesis. So I guess that was the same thing that won on the light side. Everybody just wants to be able to lift the remote and pull it towards them. I think it that's is. the favorite our listeners are completely lazy and don't want to get off the couch. I, I love it. I love it so much. It's just like, you know, lifting rocks, that's what truly binds the universe together. That's what all of us want. We all 
<laughs> just want to be able to lift the remote. <laughs> I, I mean, I do try to teach my kid how to get a tea out of the fridge. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> That's fair. I think, um, what did I vote for? I think I just straight up went for the first joke. I don't actually remember which one I voted for. Here, let me see if I can look that up. Uh, Brian, which one did you vote for? I did the force repulse because there, I mean, there oh, are right, times right. when I specifically just want everyone to go away. <laughs> but, um, well, yeah. You know how on Twitter it gives you the little check mark next to the one you voted for? Yeah. I'm logged in, but I don't see any tw- check mark. And I know I voted. So, oh, well, I don't know. I guess the poll was long enough ago that Twitter just doesn't remember. And neither do I. But I'm going to say I went for the force joke because, actually, you know what? It probably was the force joke because. Maul did that one, so I gotta vote for the one that Maul did. I wish Maul had more force powers. I mean, he's a little just—he des- left a little to be desired. Mm, I mean, his force power is his sweet lightsaber skills. Like that—that <laughs> I mean, that was his thing. Dooku at least had some force lightning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I I don't know. I think the Maul's extreme proficiency with multiple lightsaber forms was his force power. Like he was extremely skilled with. You put any sort of weapon in his hand, and he will find a way to kill you with it. You know that that was his game. He was that apex predator. Which uh, I'll just end up going off about Maul. Honestly, if we stay on him too we're, long, we're but seriously, respect, respect. Right. Maul killed a bunch of Rathars with a stick. Okay, like. <laughs> We should have put that in the poll. That should have been that would have been the winning option. Killing Rathars with sticks, like yeah, best dark side power. <laughs> so before we get into our favorite dark side users, I think we should kind of mm-hmm. just talk a little bit about what dark side of the force really means. And sure, um, okay, from a certain point of view, from, yeah. Like, <laughs> what do you think it means to be a dark side force user? I think what it means to be. To, on the dark side, like, you know, when you're not just straight up crazy person, when, you know, I think there's a difference between being a dark side person and being a Sith, because again, let's go back to Maul. When he stopped being a Sith, he was still a dark side person. And there maybe is too fine a point for an outside viewer, but that was all the difference in the world. And I think to be a dark side person is to really to claim your agency and you know you you kind of refuse to be passive you know that's what a jedi is a jedi is passive and things flow through a jedi and there there's peace in that there's serenity and purpose in that but uh, a dark side person uh, claims that agency and kind of wants to shape things for themselves and that can cause great conflict and great struggle but i think i don't know there's something there's something in that way of thinking that appeals to me so i I identify more strongly with the dark side, quite honestly. Do you think that the dark side is more selfish? Uh, sure, I guess. Um, you know, that's at least the way Yoda phrased it. He said that the dark side was quicker, easier, more seductive. He, you know, made it sound selfish. Uh, and then, and then that's what Anakin said. He said that the Sith think only of themselves and the Jedi act selflessly. But then again, I think there's a difference between the dark side and the Sith. You know, just kind of like how there's a difference between the light side and the Jedi. The Jedi don't own the light side. Right. You know, that's what Luke Skywalker said, to say that when the Jedi die, the light dies. That's vanity. Right. So, so yeah, I think Sith live in pursuit of selfish means, but I think uh, to be truly balanced, you need that 
both the light and the dark. And, you know, so there is a definitely a place for those dark side feelings and that dark side pursuit of, I guess, selfish wants, you know, passion, love, all of that. Do you think dark side is motivated by love or by hate? Both? Shrug? Where, where's the line, honestly? You know, <laughs> like, isn't there a fine line between love and hate? That's what, that's what all this fan fiction has taught me. <laughs> I hope there's a big difference between love and hate. <laughs> oh, well, sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> Certainly. Well, I think, uh, didn't you want to talk about the Sith Code, Brian? I, uh, I you, do. You were very interested in that. Uh, the Sith Code's pretty cool because um, it, I don't think it's canon yet. It, or if it is, it had a, an interesting journey in becoming canon. Uh, the Sith Code was written by um, someone at Bioware, uh, David Gator, when creating the uh, um, one of the Star Wars video games, uh, The Old Republic which I think um, is part of why people love the Old Republic so much is because it, it built up so much lore for Star Wars that is still seeping into Star Wars like to this day. Yeah. And um, so, so yeah, do you want me to go ahead and read out the Sith Code? Yes, please. Yes, I'm going to do it. All right, here's my best like dark side poetry reading. You ready? You ready right. for this? I don't think you're ready for this. <laughs> Peace is a lie. There is only passion. Through passion, I gain strength. Through strength, I gain power. Through power, I gain victory. Through victory, my chains are broken. The force shall free me. Ooh, I get a round of applause, right? Yes, well done, well done. Good job. Good job, good job. (laughs) That was powerful. Very, very inspiring. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. (laughs) Did I convert you to the dark side? (laughs) Hell no. (laughs) Ah, Dang it, come on. By the grace of your training, I will not be seduced. <laughs> uh, no, the the Sith code is is um mm-hmm. is canon now because this is what Maul says in his oh uh, that's yeah that's fair yeah it monster was monster madness moment mm-hmm. uh, in yeah the Maul did Wars. say it in the Clone Wars I mean they they never call it out as the Sith code and they never yeah. like um uh canon is is flexible and wibbly wobbly mole also like recites a poem in that episode of the clone wars which Mm -hmm. canon has done lots of different things with you know there's a lot of different stories so they could take what mole said in that episode when he recited the sith code and be like no that's something else entirely that's not the sith code there is no sith code that's crazy talk sure but i mean you know what i mean there is evidence that mole Mm-hmm. believes it and is kind of using it as a mantra in his mm-hmm. madness in, in, in that episode. Yeah, and, I feel and, that. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think that um, it's an interesting perspective that instead of believing in peace and being one with nature or whatever, the Sith kind of find their strength within themselves. It's not something mm-hmm. that their strength is external it's more of about internal what what kind of passion they can muster and that passion is what's going to drive them to become stronger and that strength it, like it's just how it goes through the progression that strength gives you power and in that power allows you to win mhm but like the chains are broken uh, mm-hmm. 
I like that, though. It, I think that the dark side users are mm-hmm. tormented. Like, and I think that that's one of the beautiful things that we got in the Clone Wars is seeing underneath the surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Uh, I remember hearing Sam Witwer talk about um, that episode with Maul, uh, how when he's muttering the Sith code to himself and he's clearly insane, uh, Sam Witwer was talking about how they wanted to show that underneath kind of the, the calm veneer of like Count Dooku and Sidious, like underneath it's just this madness. Like right. that's the way of the dark side. Um, I I really like the idea that that it is the force that sets you free, you know, because if if the force, you know, binds us all together, it, it binds everything together. Um, you know, the 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 light, the dark. Um, I I like the idea that all of this culminates inside of you and sets you free. It breaks your chains. It, you know, if you have the strength to seize it, mm-hmm. I, I I think that's really cool. It's it's provocative to me. So, do you think that the victory is ultimately? Um, killing your master because of the rule of two, two and for mm-hmm. the for the Sith lords. Uh, yeah, certainly for the Sith. Uh, <laughs> for the Sith, you know, um, kind of the point of any Sith apprentice is, or the goal of any Sith apprentice is to eventually kill your master. That's like, that's when you know you made it. <laughs> You're like, oh great, I'm, I'm king of the hill now. <laughs> like, cool. Yeah. Uh, do you want to start us off with our first honorable mention? <gasps> Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, my very, very first honorable mention for dark side users. Again, I'm going for people with laser swords. And if you don't have a laser sword, you get to be an honorable mention. So first up is Mother Talzin. Oh, yeah. Yay. I love her so much. She's freaking she's, awesome. Uh, she's so cool. Like, just what a cool lady. Just so Oh, amazingly driven. Like, again, I am so drawn to driven people, people who seize their own agency, their own power. I just, I love people like that. And I especially love women like that. So Mother tells and it's just like big heart goals to me. <laughs> Plus she's uh, Darth Maul's mom. So I think Egg, she's going to yep. be high on that list anyways. Yeah, precisely. If she had a laser sword, she'd be like, you know, <laughs> she'd definitely be in the top three. I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Mother Townsend's on my honorable mentions as well. And, um, oh, awesome. Yes. I, I think that she's amazing. Like, first that she kind of was a derivative of the, uh, from the Darth Maul design. Like, one of the early concept art is what they oh, right. um, used to design Mother Townsend later. Right. Um, I remember seeing those, that, that concept art for Darth Maul um, for the original Phantom Menace had him. Yeah, he looked basically just like Mother Talzin, where yeah. he was like all white and just, you know, dripping in all this red fabric. Like, yeah. And then they just turned that into the Night Sisters because why not? Why let good concept art go to waste? <laughs> they had it at the uh, Power of Costume exhibit that we had here in Cincinnati last year and got to see it in person. It was pretty cool. Um, it was cool. I love the fact that she kind of brings in. Um, pardon the expression but like sort of like witchcraft like magic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so like there's a even um she expands what you understand as a dark side force user because she has this whole magic thing that she does uh with the dark side of the force 
Yeah, no, I think that's really cool. Um, I, I love Dasimir just as a place, this idea that you can have a planet that is kind of seeped in the dark side and the dark side is, is just drawn to this planet. And so it's it's kind of developed its own weird dark side ecosystem where because that's what the Night Sisters do. They're drawing upon the magic of the planet, you know, the 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 magic in the water, the magic in the air. Um, you know, that that's why the planet is covered in mist and they're called the witches of the mist because it's what is mist but water in the air. You know, so they're just drawing on all this dark side energy and then they're able to do like crazy things with it. And Mother Talzin is the most powerful one of them all. And that's so cool. Um, I think it, it was Count Dooku in the Son of Dathomir comic who said that Talzin was the only creature old enough and foul enough to truly challenge uh, Darth Sidious, which is why Darth Sidious, uh, you know, hated her so much. And so wanted to kill her basically he's like oh man she is the only person that could ever truly challenge me so he was like i gotta play this real really well you know they gotta move all the pieces on the board to strike at each other because talzin wouldn't be as powerful on any other planet she could only really challenge sidious when she's on dathomir so so yeah, just watching the two of them, if you step back and look at the the whole series, this game that tells and Insidious played uh, with each other, um, you know, moving moving around their apprentices and their children all to, to strike at each other, to finally lure one of them t- closer to the other so that they could finally have this big battle. Like it, oh my gosh, it was so, so smart and so, so well written. And I just love, love for Mother Tells and love for all of it. And um of course, if nobody, if anybody listening to this hasn't read *Son of Dasimir* or doesn't know uh, Talzin's story, I absolutely encourage you to go look it up. Uh, but I am about to spoil it for you, because then, of course, what just like seals my love for Talzin is that um, she uh, she spent so much of her life and sacrificed so much just to get her son back, to get Maul back, and and then more than that, to have her revenge, because it wasn't enough just to have her son back she had to make Sidious suffer. But then at the very end, you know, when, when it came down to, she could either have her revenge and, and uh, sorry, I'm just going to describe the scene. Uh, Sidious and Talzin are, are attacking each other and Maul offers to give his life to Talzin so that she can use his life to kill Sidious. That's really, that's what both of them want. You know, Talzin and Maul so desperately want to hurt this man that has hurt them. But Talzin just can't do that. She, Maul's life, her son's life is more important to her. Finally, there was something more important to her than vengeance. And she gave her life just so that Maul could escape. And I, I love that. I love that about her, that it, it took her her whole life, but at the very end, she, she knew what was important. She knew what mattered most. And I just love her. I love her. I love her. I love her. I love her. I've heard some uh, interesting uh, theories mm-hmm. that sh- uh, that make me think: mm-hmm. Could she be related to Mortis and be the missing piece of the family of Mortis, where there's a father, a son, and a daughter, but there's oh, no mother God. in Mortis? Oh, if Talzin tied into that somehow, that would be amazing. I would just, I would cry and cry and cry because then. That would actually make a whole lot of sense because the thing about 
you know, the, the father, the daughter and the son is that there's, you know, there's the father and then the daughter is light and the son is dark. And then that's what Maul and Savage are. Maul is the dark half to Savage's light. And if Talzin was the mother that figured into that, I like, I'm sorry. There's, it's just too much. <laughs> I, I like it. Like that, that, that's kind of what I brought up. I, I do oh, like that gosh. because I do think that there's more of a good vibe in the father. And mm-hmm. so like having a, a mother that kind of had more of a dark side would make a lot of sense to me. So mm-hmm. I like that mm-hmm. theory. Yeah, that's cool. Who's your number two honorable mention? Um, I'm going to go with Starkiller. Oh, yeah. Sam. Yeah, Galen Merrick. Yeah, Sam, you're right. As portrayed by Sam Witwer. <laughs> and he got Sam Witwer's face. Like, there's just, there's a lot of stuff going on with Sam Witwer that, sorry, with Starkiller that I appreciate. <laughs> it's like, he's got a good, I like looking at him. I like listening to him. Like, Oh man. So yeah, just Starkiller, cool dude with a cool story. This idea that Vader had a secret apprentice, um, you know, not even not Anakin, but just straight up Vader, uh, training this apprentice so that he could eventually, uh, supplant the emperor. That that's a cool story. I, I think it's a bit of wish fulfillment. Honestly, it's, it's a little, um, I mean, yeah, wish fulfillment. Cause you know what, what, who, who among us, doesn't want to be Vader's secret apprentice, you know, (laughs) like who doesn't want to be that person that, you know, Vader trained himself and, you know, you you get to be extremely powerful and you see a side of Vader that nobody else sees. Like it's an intriguing story. I, I, um, I just think he's pretty cool. I, Oh, also I think he gives us an interesting insight to kind of how Luke would have been if he had been trained by Vader you know, so. Vader's so de- well. Vader so desperately in the OT wants to bring Luke to his side, and I think Starkiller gives us insight onto what that would have been like if he'd succeeded. You know, like trying to shape this young man in his image and trying to use this young man for his own purposes. You know, rule the galaxy. You know, all, all that nonsense, really. Yeah. Um, I think I think I think Starkiller gives us that that interesting point of view uh, and then especially since Starkiller um you know he he both hates Vader but pities him as well he, he has that moment where he says to his, uh, his droid you know will take on the visage of Vader to deliver messages to uh to Starkiller mm-hmm. um this droid being Proxy and Proxy says oh I hate being him being and Starkiller says yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Starkiller says I think he does too you know meaning Vader I, Starkiller realizes that Vader hates being Vader. So, and, and I think I see a lot of Luke in that, that he both, you know, hates what Vader has done to him and turned him into, but then also pities him. You know, he, he needs Vader's validation, but also wants to destroy him. It, it's an interesting struggle and, and I'm, I find it very compelling. So star killer cool. on the list. Yeah. Uh, my next honorable mention, uh, is Savage, the Darth Maul wannabe. Oh, but... <laughs> so... <laughs> He's so low on your list. What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Explain yourself. <laughs> um, I like Savage. Um, I, yeah. I love the, uh, um, like, he's pretty cool. And I love that they um, did so much in creating a backstory for him of how he became Savage Oppressed and, 
uh, having to kill his brother was a real powerful moment that kind of like shaped his character after mm-hmm. he like had been um, he had gone through the transformation uh, getting bigger and more muscular um, through by Ma- mother Talzin. Uh, mm-hmm. So like killing his brother, the one he loved and the one he was trying to protect as his first act as Savage Press is mm-hmm. kind of heartbreaking. But um, yeah, I, I think he's a really cool character. He he just is a little too low on there. There are cooler characters I like a lot more. All right. Okay. Fair. Let's put a pin in that one. Let's just <laughs> pin that up to the wall. All right. Save that for later. What's your last one? My last, my last honorable mention. Yeah, just a quick shout out to the Inquisitors, all of them. I love you. <laughs> the Inquisitors from Rebels. You know, the Grand Inquisitor, the uh, the brothers, uh, the sister. I just, I think they're cool. They're and I, you know, heaven help me, but I really like their spinny lightsabers. It. <laughs> you like the helicopter lightsabers? I do. I, you know, it's fun. Sometimes Star Wars just needs to be fun, okay? And Sometimes whimsical. Star- needs more and whimsical. Whimsy. Yeah, it needs more whimsy. That's what George Lucas liked to say. It just needs whimsy. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes Star Wars is going to be stupid. Sometimes Star Wars isn't going to make sense. Where it's just all like, no, that would not, a spinning lightsaber would not make you fly, probably. That's not how the Force works. But I don't care. It's kind of cool if you, from a certain point of view, <laughs> it's kind of cool. So. Yeah, just shout out to my Inquisitors and also shout out to um, uh, Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> and, uh, when when uh, when uh, Kanan was fighting the Seventh Sister yeah. and he and she like flirts with him because because uh, that's uh, uh, Sarah wife. Michelle Geller, right? Yeah. yeah, his wife Sarah Michelle Geller, and, and she's like so like, their characters are flirting with each other and just knowing that that the two voice actors are married is super cute to me yeah. and then Kanan just being all like ew no he's like i don't go for crazy anymore <laughs> super good loved it we all go for crazy at least once but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um my last honorable mention is the son the son of mortis Oh, there I you love go. Mortis, and anytime I can talk about it, it's it's uh, very fun. Um, I think that the sun is kind of a, the perfect embodiment of the dark side for me. Um, mm-hmm. And he, he kind of he wants the, all the power from his dad, and he doesn't want to wait for his d- dad to die. So he, he's going to help that process. Um, <laughs> but... um. I think the sun is pretty cool, and of course, it's voiced by Sam Witwer. So. Sam Witwer, yep, yep. There's a common now, the, theme you'll 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 pick up on. Sam Witwer, yeah. <laughs> if I'm not talking about Sam Witwer, I'm not happy. Like that's just how it is. <laughs> no, I like that the sun is on your list because I'm pretty sure the daughter was on your light side list. So the father was, yes. Oh, the father, yeah. Okay, still, <laughs> like it's a good good balance, I think. Yeah. Like that, I love Mortis so much. It's like the Force on crack. So nice, yeah, accurate. <laughs> well, I'm ready to move into top fives. Let's hear it, buddy. Oh, let's hear it. Okay, my number five comes from Star Wars: The Old Republic. So, Brian, I'm afraid you might not be familiar with this one. It is Lana Benico. Okay. Okay. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you don't know who that is. <laughs> um 
man, yeah, if anybody listening is also like, uh, who? Go play Star Wars The Old Republic. It's so good. It has so many good characters. And kind of like Brian was saying, it's Star Wars on crack. Like, that's my new favorite phrase. <laughs> Just anytime I like something, it's Star Wars on crack now. <laughs> I don't know anything about crack, but in no, my mind, it... it... <laughs> It makes sense. Let's, all right. Anyway, Lana Benico, very cool Sith character. Um, what I like about Lana is that she is Sith. She is firmly dark side, but she's not crazy. You know, we have a plethora of dark side characters that are just straight up crazy, you know, and, yes. and they're always like doing, you know, their, their mind games and their own machinations. But no, Lana follows her passions and she allows herself to be angry, but she's extremely pragmatic um, to, to the point that she will work with Jedi. She um, has Jedi friends, which I know sounds weird to say like, Oh, Sith and Jedi getting along. But a big part of star Wars, the old Republic is uh, Jedi and Sith getting along and doing things together. I mean, of course they fight as well, but Lana will make allies anywhere, anywhere because she's just that pragmatic. Um, it, which is then wh why it's really fun to see her lose her temper every now and again, <laughs> because she, she's still Sith, you know, so she will be pushed to her limits, but she's just so calm and so rational. I think Lana is what Qui-Gon Jinn would be if Qui-Gon Jinn was more dark side, you know, yeah, like, really. yeah, like really in the moment, really practical, you know, a able to see the larger picture, you know, the larger context of, of, of her actions. Um, uh, but just, just really cool. She, she's Sith, but she's not beholden to the Sith, which I just think is, is such a fun way to handle a dark side character because we don't always get that nuance, that balance. So did she have a red lightsaber Oh, of course she did. Yeah, she had the red lightsaber and she had the yellow eyes because she would absolutely give in to her anger every now and again. But uh, so, yeah, definitely a dark side person, but not a crazy person, not an unhinged person, which is very cool. And then also just TBH. Uh, she is a bisexual icon. I love Lana. She uh, um, she's had uh, in her canonical story, she's had relationships with both men and women and nobody makes a big deal out of it. In, in Star Wars, the Old Republic, uh, sexuality just doesn't matter. Nobody comments on these things. Y you know what I mean? They're just like, oh, you're in love. Awesome. Like, sure. which I think is cool, which is really, really cool and something we need sometimes. We just need it doesn't have to be a whole to do, you know. Right. A big production. Yeah, so. And, and of course, I, I love any sort of, you know, bisexual representation and stuff like that. So, so yeah, Lana Benico, number five. Cool. I will have to read up on her, I guess. Oh, and yeah, she's I, super cool. I will. I, I'm interested mm -hmm. in the Old Republic, and I think I would have to watch it on YouTube. But because I can't stand the the slowness of trying to figure everything out. I want more in a action. Video game? Yeah. Okay. I'm more of a first-person shooter, like instant action thing. Okay. So, like the the slowness of um, like mm -hmm. an RPG just really. Well, that's fair enough, I guess. Um, I don't know. That's what I like about the Old Republic, and that's what I like about Bioware games in general is that they they are like playing through a story. Yeah. You're 
yeah, you're being told a story and, and in a lot of scenes you're you're actually like watching a movie unfold before you. And then because it's a video game, it's interactive, you get to control the the twists and turns of that story. So so I think that's a lot of fun, but I can understand if you're just like, I don't have time for that. <laughs> I wanna know the story. I just don't wanna have to wait to get to that part. Oh. Um All right. What's your number five? I feel guilty for this one that he's so low. Okay. Uh, Darth Sidious is number five on my list. Um, and I think that it's only because I like the other ones better. But he's like the darkest character I think we have. Um, it, and the thing that makes him so dark is he'll lie to you like in your face. Like you think that he's the senator of Naboo likes trying to serve uh, your people, but really he's plotting the entire destruction of your planet and just using you as a pawn to get power that he wants. And there, it, there's kind of an evil, an insidious evil when he's in your, like he's nice to you in your face, but behind your back, he's doing everything he can to. Well, yeah, a, you know, a senator's, Somebody elected to office is supposed to be a public servant, and but he's never at any point serving the public. He yeah. is one hundred percent serving himself, which is why he's an emperor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, it's not a democracy anymore. It's it's a dictatorship. So, I mean, what he pulls off in yep. the prequels is just it's amazing and disgusting at the same time. No, yeah, you. you I see the long game that he played and in a way I'm like, wow, you actually pulled it off. Like there were so many times when this could have gone wrong. But then at the same time, I'm like, you're a heinous, disgusting monster. And, you know, I mean, to be fair, there would be no story without him. We, we need, we need villains to have a story. But again, I'm going to be at the same time. (laughs) This is like four at the same times later. This is all happening at the same time. He hurt my boy. He hurt them all, and I'm like, nah, nah. He serious. didn't shape we your done. boy. No, nah, we done. We done. Okay. <laughs> he's on. He's on my Dunzo list. He's not. He's not on my top five list. He's on my Dunzo list. He is numbers one through twenty on my Dunzo list. Okay. Uh-uh. Uh, get out of here, Sidious. <laughs> I, I did love the fact, like in '83, that they introduced Force mm-hmm. Lightning. I thought that that was the coolest thing when I was a little kid. Oh, yeah, no, Force Lightning is legit. I got nothing bad to say against Force Lightning. Number five. Or... Yes, number four. Yeah. Number four. I'm going to go with Kreia or Darth Treya. Do you know her? Maybe. Who? Oh, no. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, well, she's from uh, Knights of the Old Republic, uh, which is similar to but distinct from star wars the old republic i'm so sorry i'm no, throwing all these old republic names at you really cool like i love the I th- fact that you're bringing in other people but oh nice yeah well um just i expanding thought, my uh horizon that's for sure i almost thought you would recognize her because she was who everyone was talking about after twilight of the apprentice um, I mean, okay, let's be real. After Twilight of the Apprentice, everybody was talking about a lot of things. Everybody was talking about Ahsoka. Everybody was talking about Vader and Maul. Like, 
there was a lot of conversations happening after Twilight of the Apprentice, but I think Kreia was a big part of that. Mm-hmm. So do you think that she's the one from Malachor? Oh, she's absolutely the one on Malachor because that is exactly Kreia's backstory. Kreia or Darth Treya um, was the, the, the big, she was in charge of a big Sith temple. Um, and, and so when Dave Filoni talks about, you know, how the voice, inside this holocron is you know what remains of a very powerful um dark side you know sith uh who was in charge of this temple literally everybody was like oh, okay so Kreia," <laughs> and dave filoni was like what i don't maybe or no and we're all like no it's Kreia, dude don't it, it's Kreia." i mean um oh gosh i should have looked this up but i didn't think of it until this exact moment but i'm pretty sure that the temple Kreia was in charge of was on Malachor. It is Malachor the fifth. It is okay. I'm then, looking at it right now. Oh, you're looking at her Wikipedia. Good. <laughs> so, so yeah. If there's if if the voice inside the holocron, the female voice inside the holocron, is supposed to be whoever was in charge of that temple on Malachor, it is straight up Kreia. But um, yeah. To do uh to do a bit of um backstory on Kreia. Uh, here's a scene that a lot of people talk about. Uh you know, when, when talking about just how amazing Kreia is, um, she, uh, helps to train the main character, uh, whoever you decide you want your main character to be, because you can customize this character quite a bit in, uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Um, uh, there comes a, a, a dark side or light side choice that the main character can make. And no matter which side you pick, Kreia questions you. If you go light side, she's like, why did you do that? You know, she, she really probes into the choice that you made. Why did you go light side? Here's the consequences of your actions. And did you even think of that? She berates you for making a light side choice. But if you did a dark side choice, she does the exact same thing. She dives into why did you make that decision? Are you even thinking about what the consequences could be? She, she's not pleased either way. She, she just wants you to think, which I think is so interesting and so fun. Like, yeah, she's a dark side person, but she isn't automatically pleased with dark side choices. Uh, she she wants you to think critically and she wants you to look at the bigger picture, which is so awesome and so fun. And and I love the headcanon that she was training Ezra through the holocron. Like, I, I want to see more of those conversations, like <laughs> Kreia giving Ezra a hard time for every single one of his choices. Like, why did you do that? <laughs> yeah oh, oh that's amazing so yeah Kreia, very cool chick definitely worth um looking up uh she she has a really popular um someone made a youtube video i wish i could remember who made it but i remember it was called the philosophy of Kreia. this is a two-hour video dissecting Kreia's philosophy on Are the force serious yeah it is fascinating i watched this whole thing completely enraptured like you'd think i would get bored but no it's fascinating this like deep dive on Kreia. so yeah definitely google that the next time you get two hours <laughs> i will tweet it out before the end tomorrow morning mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the philosophy of Kreia. it is a really good watch and Kreia is a really cool chick she absolutely had to be on my list so yeah since i know you don't know Kreia, why don't you give me your number four <laughs> i'm oh, so sorry i'm so fun. sorry <laughs> all right um we're going to have to talk about the one female on my top five, uh, Saw's Ventress. Oh, Ventress, yay! <laughs> Wait, she counts as dark side to you because she dies light side? Yep. 
Oh, she still counts as dark side to you? Okay. Yeah, see, uh, I'm just going to spoil it right now. Ventress isn't anywhere on my list because um, I, I considered her a light side person because she she does redeem herself and, and dies, uh, you know, in the light, which I thought was cool. But no, I'm sorry. I don't mean to invalidate her being on your list. What what about her dark side, you know, persona? Uh, what what puts her on your list? I think she has a fantastic design. I I love her personality and her voice. Um, in in the Clone Wars, of course. Um, I think that uh, she just kind of encapsulates uh the sith code kind of in my opinion where she's going to use uh strength and power to get what she wants uh where she just wants to be sith and she wants the power uh she wants to be a dark lord of the sith like a a a lady of the sith or whatever yeah Um, what I find fascinating about Ventress is that it becomes clear the the more time you spend with her that she doesn't know what she wants because, you know, she's she leaves the Night Sisters at a very young age. She's actually like sold into slavery, but then she's eventually rescued by the Jedi and trained and raised as a Jedi. But then when her master dies, she then again falls into the dark and then she's like, okay, maybe I'll be Sith now. But then the Sith cast her out. Dooku cast her out. So she's like, I'll just be a Night Sister again. And, and just and then the Night Sisters die. She's just jumping from tribe to tribe to tribe to tribe before she can finally have that sense of self. You know, she she finally gets that sense of of self and purpose. But but I do know what you mean. Her when she's in the Clone Wars and she's just really embraced um, being part of the dark side and being Sith. You know, she's at that point in her life where she's like, No, this is what I want. I'm going to be Sith. I think she really does like to shine. She's resplendent and how like delightfully evil she is and, you know, killing people and then kissing them. Like, right, cause, right. cause why not? Like, <laughs> and I think a lot of my connection to Asajj came from the micro series. So. Oh, the, right. The micro series the of how, how she is introduced and um, mm-hmm. her interactions with Dooku were pretty perfect in my opinion. Yeah, I I remember you're talking about the Tartakovsky series, right? Her yep. uh yep. Yeah, her um that was Ventress's introduction, yeah, before she was brought into the Clone Wars. Because, um, of course the Tartakovsky Clone Wars preceded <laughs> the uh, the other Clone Wars by by quite a few years, in fact. Um I just remember her final fight with Anakin in that one just so captured me. They have this like really big fight in the rain. And just watching those two go at each other with such intensity was very captivating. It's and it's such a an intensely emotional fight because Anakin is is away from Obi Wan and and really giving into his anger for one of the first times. He's isolated totally. Yeah, yeah, he's completely isolated, and he and Ventress have been like playing cat and mouse in the jungle for you know for days, and uh, and then when they're finally like crossing blades. Um, gosh, I remember there's, there's a moment right before he, he strikes her down. And then of course she, she like falls into a pit. So her, uh, her, um, fate is left ambiguous, but there's a moment where he's just striking at her and striking at her like really hard. Um, not unlike the way Luke strikes at Vader when, when, when Vader is, is knocked to the ground and, and return the Jedi, um, you know, Ventress is, is 
helpless, you know, just doing anything she can to just to block his blows. And he's wailing on her. And, and then you see a flash of Qui-Gon Jinn, then Obi-Wan, then Yoda. And I didn't really know how to interpret that. I was at, at first I was thinking, you know, can, can they feel him through the force somehow? Can they feel that moment of anger or, but then I was also thinking, what if, Anakin is, is thinking of them as he strikes at Ventress. You know, what if he's just oh, using, true. right. That's, that was the very first time I saw that episode. I, I was sitting there like, well, maybe Anakin is using all of his hatred for, you know, Qui-Gon for leaving him for dying, you know, uh, Obi-Wan for, for failing him and, and Yoda, you know, everybody for being so hard on him. You know, what if he, when he's striking at Ventress, but he's really striking at the Jedi because he's just so frustrated with them. Like, and it, that, that was deep thoughts for me at the time. Like, okay, like. <laughs> you think Anakin is thinking much fear in you? I'll show you fear. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. So, so yeah, Ventress has always really captivated me in that way. Like, that she was, she was part of that scene with Anakin. And, and she's always just been a really cool force in yeah. Star Wars animation. So, very, yeah. very cool. Character. Anakin Ventress uh, scene in Gendy's. Clone Wars mm-hmm. is my favorite. Like this, yeah. the way they have two lightsaber, a lightsaber duel in the rain, and the sizzle mm-hmm. it makes when the raindrops hit the lightsabers is just right. so beautiful. Oh, that was cool. It was, yeah, I gotta go rewatch that because that whole thing is just so well animated. It's uh, it's just a fun Star Wars time. It's like I was saying before. Sometimes Star Wars has got to be fun, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So who's your number three? I'm on number three. I, I, I'm i so sorry, Brian. I'm so sorry. I'm just going to keep doing this to you. <laughs> like, this should be the last time that I bring up someone you don't know. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay. okay. <laughs> I My number three is Empress Valen. I'm so sorry. So sorry. No, <laughs> just, okay. So Empress Valen, uh, also from Star Wars, The Old Republic. So the same as Lana Benico, Empress Valen is really cool. She is the epitome of the phrase slay queen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Valen as a character, she's a lot like Eleven from Stranger Things or perhaps uh, Jack from Mass Effect. If if you're at all familiar with that series, Um, all of these characters are young women who from early childhood, um, were tortured and experimented on to, to give them psychic powers. I think it's so weird that I have multiple examples of that, but all three of these characters have the exact same backstory. They were locked up in a lab and experimented on until they had insanely crazy psychic powers. So, Or like, uh, what, what's the little girl from Logan? Oh, right. Uh, oh, what is her name? Laura? Yeah. I'm so I'm so sorry. I'm blanking on her name. Um, I can't remember it either. So, <laughs> but yeah. So but she's what's similar cool... is what I'm trying to say. Exactly. So um, what's cool about Valen is that uh, her father was a um, uh, an emperor named Valkorian, um, also extremely powerful force user. Uh, so was his mother. His mother was a knight in uh, in his 
court, I guess. <laughs> if if you you know you think about uh, you know he uh, he's an emperor and he has all these knights at his mm-hmm. disposal, correct? Uh, uh, um, Valen's mother was a you know was a a knight, a warrior. So just very cool family all around. Uh, she had two older brothers. Uh, they were twins, um, uh, Arkin and Thexen. Uh, they both died, uh, as, as did their father. So that left Valen as empress. And and because of what their father did to her, like locking her away because she was so powerful and trying to make her even more and more powerful, um, uh, she was just basically crazy. So she's that epitome of like an extremely crazed Sith empress, you know, just on the throne, completely crazy. Everything uh, bows to her smallest whim. You know, she's like, I don't like that planet. That planet blows up. You know, I don't like this. That blows up. Like, just really fun in that way, but also extremely tragic. Again, because of that backstory, uh, her father um, uh, gave her a code word, basically. Uh, anytime he would say the phrase uh, kneel, she would then have to do what he said, um, which was very sad, like, Extremely tragic, but uh, Valen's story is able to culminate when uh, the the ghost of her father, um, she's able to turn that code phrase back on him. She tells him to kneel, and then uh, then his ghost is ultimately like destroyed. Mm. So it was it it's a really cool story. Uh, again, I'm like just kind of breezing through uh, some of these big plot points in Star Wars: The Old Republic. Um, it's it's a lot of fun, and Valen is just fascinating in that way. Watching her, you know, just be this really tormented person, this really crazy person who ultimately gets hers. Like I found that so satisfying. It's so satisfying for her to finally turn that code word on her father, and how she. There's this really great scene where she just stands up and screams, "Kneel, kneel, father!" And then he, he has to, like after all the time he spent tormenting her and in twisting her up and using making her do what he said watching her turn that on him was so satisfying so is she mostly in the video game or are there books that you've read about her uh she's in the video game i don't think she's been in any books yet okay Mm-hmm. yeah my number three you may have heard of him you may okay. have some opinions uh this guy he's kind of a vader fan he's in the secret trilogy <laughs> oh yeah Kylo i don't know Ren. him Kylo I don't know Ren. him. <laughs> tell I, me, tell me about this Kylo Ren. <laughs> I think he's a pretty damn fascinating character. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think that it's awesome that he was able to kill Snoke uh, because it sets him on a plane that we haven't seen before in the in the films where the apprentice is basically become the master uh in the dark side and i think that sets up for a a wonderful storytelling in episode nine um i think that he is a kind of a tragic character where i think most of his life he's uh felt like he was uh, had to live up to all these expectations and to feel like he's never enough of what people want or expect from him. So I think that that sets up a a personality trait that like, it just is kind of tormented and the people that are supposed to love him and accept him to make them feel like 
he was never fully accepted as he is as him. Um, I'm projecting a lot of this stuff because we don't really know much of Ben's backstory, but in my mind, I, I, that's what I see in him. Yeah. Kylo. I have things to say about Kylo. <laughs> Put a pin in that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's my boy, you know, like I just, uh, everything. Yeah. Everything you were saying and more like, I, I agree. I'm fascinated by him. I crave his backstory. I need it. <laughs> I, I hate that we're in this weird uh, we're in this weird period where none of the expanded material is allowed to talk about him. And if we get a book like Bloodline, where you know Ben is is obviously doing something, he's been born, like he's out there somewhere. We have to talk around him. We, you know, the author was never allowed to like really talk about where Ben is and what he's doing. You know, even even though the whole book is about Leia, like you think Ben would come up more than once, but he doesn't because you know we have to keep all this stuff shrouded in mystery. I I'm very frustrated by that, but I hope it pays off. Like, good gosh. Well, they just want to give the directors of the movies a blank slate so that they can write whatever they want to write. Um, I want it now. It, it I want it now. <laughs> a whole lot cloudier if um, authors were contributing to that because it's different timelines. I mean, the when you have to write a script versus writing a, a book, like it, it's hard to get all that communication done. Like real time do you know what I mean I mean I understand that but this is about me and what I <laughs> want <laughs> I mean come on <clears throat> it's about you okay I forgot yes. I'm, it, we, we all live in <laughs> How the dare you? world in... honestly good I'm glad you finally admit it like <laughs> right. you got anything else to say about Kylo I, I just no yeah, I just really like him, and I think that he's an interesting dark side character. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that he's cooler than Sidious. So yeah, yeah way cooler. Oh my god, just I, about everybody's cooler than Sidious. I do <laughs> love his mask. He's got a pretty cool mask. Oh, I'm actually I'm glad it's gone. I just oh, like seeing man, his face too much. Oh man, oh, nah. I I'm so interested in what his uh, like supreme leader look will be like. You know, what is he going to, is he going to change his look to be more, you know, intimidating or like, like, like an emperor? Is he going to try to look like an emperor? You know, like, what's that going to be? I'm so interested. I, I need that costume design like right now. I want him to go back to the mask. I mean. No, no. All right. Just, I want to see his face. If he's like conflicted over something that that scene where he is about to sh fire upon leia but then doesn't that yeah. scene would not be the same if he was wearing a mask well, i'm yeah, done with them yes uh like it's very different to, be, to see someone's eyes versus seeing a mask mm -hmm. like yeah no don't don't if it's not broke don't fix it he's got a beautiful perfect face just leave it alone it's not like vader you know vader you kind of wanted to cover all that up you didn't want to look at that every day nah like <laughs> Adam Driver, though, no. If you got it, flaunt it. Like. <laughs> All right. <laughs> My number two. Ready for it? Yeah. Savage Press. Yay! Like I told you, we were going to put a pin in it. Like, <laughs> And there it is. Okay, it's now this is, 
This is mm-hmm. impossible. How is it impossible? Because How, your, your numbers okay. don't match up. My numbers don't match up? I don't know what you mean. Let's talk about Savage. He's <laughs> he's Maul's brother, which, of course, puts him high on my list. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Brian. I don't know. Focus. Uh, Stay, right. on Stay on right. target. Stay on target. Oh, so yes, as I said, being Maul's brother uh, puts him very high on my list. Um, part of of Savage's like um, Legends backstory, his original backstory, which has been made Legends now, but I really hope this is you know cemented again as canon. Um, originally, Savage was concepted as Maul's twin, not just his brother, but straight up his twin. They were born at the same time. They're, they are two halves of something, um, which is really fascinating to me and I think um, serves both of their characters really well because it sets up a direct parallel between who Maul is and who Maul should have been. Yeah. Um, you know, Maul, of course, was abducted by Sidious and then trained and raised to be Sith. Um, and Savage was um, allowed to remain on Dathomir and go be with the Knight Brothers. And we see in Savage that that light half, that that part of Maul that he left behind. Um, and and this is then more or less directly stated in um, one of one of the novels about Maul, it's called The Wrath of Darth Maul. Yeah. Uh, when Darth Maul was a small child, um, he would look out the window of his cell, uh, you know, where, where Sidious was raising him on Mustafar. And um, Maul would see his own reflection in the glass, and he would pretend that there was another boy who looked just like him who was free, who was outside of the glass. That boy was free to go off and do whatever he wanted and be whoever he wanted to be. And then in that same novel, when um, Maul sees Savage oppressed for the first time, he is suddenly and violently reminded of that boy in the glass, which then, of course, we're supposed to connect the dots there, that Savage is that boy in the glass. He is that reflection of Maul, but who Maul was supposed to be. And I find that fascinating. Um, of course, I, I suppose that does underserve Savage a little bit. It doesn't so much let him be his own character. Um, he, it, you know, if he's has never been his mm-hmm. own character, he's always but, been a exactly exactly of Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he it, Savage wouldn't exist if not for um, the fact that we wanted to bring Maul back from the Clone Wars uh, for for the Clone Wars TV series. So um, I, I guess that's always been baked into his character that he um, is tied intrinsically to Maul, and you can't talk about Savage Opress without talking about Maul. And I just. I just love that. I love the idea that he is our look into who Maul was supposed to be. And it's it's really fun. I mean, it's heartbreaking. It break, I, I hate it. <laughs> when um, Sidious kills Sauvage Press, and Sauvage Press lets go. He, he dies. Um, not, not like when Maul died, when Maul was cut in half by Obi-Wan. Um, uh, Maul hung on. He, he wouldn't let go. Uh, but Savage uh, doesn't have all that hatred. He's not he's not dark side the way Maul is. He, and Savage just looks at Maul in that moment as he lays dying and, and says, brother, "Brother, I'm not like you. Yeah, I'm not like you. I never was." And I think that's him admitting, I, "I'm just I'm just not I'm not as angry as you. I'm not as hateful as you." I, 
And that just messes me up. It tears me up so bad. <laughs> I don't know. Good. Like, and I think that um, Clancy's just phenomenal as a voice actor for Oh, absolutely. Yeah. His his um, voice work is spot on. I love how he growls all the time. I love yeah. that about the Knight Brothers. They made the Knight Brothers uh, very primal, you know, very um, just in tune with the, their emotions and, and everything that, you know, again, they're on Dathomir. They should be very connected to the dark side and their feelings and their anger and stuff. And so they growl and grunt like all the time. Which is it's just so much fun uh, when Savage gets angry and he just like growls at somebody. It's like yeah. it's like Savage, you're adorable. You're like a giant kitten. <laughs> giant kitten. Yeah. And then right. I I do think it, it is it is kind of heartbreaking to think about then if if Talzin Mother Talzin gave birth to to twins. Why does she care so much more about one than the other? I think that's her tragedy is that she could only really think about and 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 care about the one that was taken from her. She's so focused on revenge that, you know, she she can't see what she has. She can only see what she lost. But then she does have a, a kind of sweet moment with Savage. Um, the only time that Talzin and Savage are ever alone, Talzin touches Savage's cheek as if to console him and says, you have a brother. And I love that moment. It's such yeah. a small moment, but I love it so much. Isn't it's very. Talzin also the mother of Ventress? Uh, no, no, it's never implied that she's the mother of Ventress. Um, we see uh, Talzin orchestrated um, giving a Ventress away because, of course, she would have Talzin was you know the leader of the clan, and we see Ventress's mother there. She's the one who hands Ventress over. Okay. Um, to the slavers and, and you know Talzin's there she's overseeing the exchange but but Ventress definitely has a, a different mother okay mm-hmm cool yeah. ready for my number two I'm ready for your number two hit me okay now you know you've had an interesting list but mm-hmm. I'm, I want to talk about a guy that you you may have heard him heard of him. Maybe? maybe I don't know you were talking about Kylo I, I don't know <sighs> um, um you're talking about all these characters I never heard of, Brian. That's not fair. Who would do that? Who would put people on their list that the other person's never heard of? That's not. You see what well, I'm doing? There's this guy joke. in the Phantom Menace that was like a fantastic design mm-hmm, that like mm-hmm, shook the mm-hmm. world. And when the whenever we oh Jar Jar no no oh, no no not Jar Jar Dragon Watto nope Darth Maul Sebulba. oh Darth Maul dang it oh you're right huh. No, not as good design as Jar Jar. Come on. <laughs> 10 million times better design than Jar Jar. Accurate. Yes, accurate. Like, oh, I'm sorry. His design is Maul, obviously, not Jar Jar. Maul's design is just perfect. Yeah. I don't... You can't, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? And there's nothing There's nothing to fix. It's just... Gosh, it's the personification perfect. of evil is what I like to call him. Oh, Yeah. He, he yeah, was designed yeah. to be the worst nightmare. Mm-hmm. Second worst nightmare. Well, the second worst. They, <laughs> it, it was designed to be the worst nightmare. They were like, okay, that's a little too scary. Go with the second worst nightmare. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, Ian McKaig was the one who did uh, the concept art for, for Maul. And when he drew his worst nightmare, it was a little intense. It was, George Lucas was like, oh, mm, 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 no. And so they, they went with Ian McKaig's second worst nightmare, which was Darth Maul. <laughs> just yeah. like. I love that. I love that even Darth Maul isn't isn't as bad as 
<laughs> whatever the worst nightmare was. <laughs> and see, like, the, there's mm-hmm. some honesty in, in Maul's appearance that, like, yeah. he's kind of, he's evil, but you know he's evil. He's not trying to be a public servant, like, working for you. He, mm-hmm. He's in your face, like, you know from the jump he's all about fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I respect that, and I, I I love what Sam has given us in the Clone Wars and expanding Darth Maul character. Mm-hmm. Um, the madness in, in Monster is just amazing. And then what he does in Lawless and his relationship with uh, Obi-Wan, uh, where he's trying to get revenge and to make to take away what Obi-Wan loved uh, in killing Satine is just a perfect moment in the Clone Wars. I, mm-hmm. I love what Maul is. Maul's probably like my favorite character in the Clone Wars. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, um, I think that's so smart the way you're right. They, they made him, you're, you're right. As you say, just looks so evil that way when you look at him, you're like, Oh, okay, well we know what side this guy's on. You know, <laughs> this is a bad guy. Um, I I struggled with that when I was a kid because I was like, well, I kind of thought the whole point of Star Wars was that don't trust your eyes, they'll deceive you, you know, just because someone looks evil, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Doesn't, it, they aren't necessarily evil. Um, but I was like, but actually that's kind of really smart because that's Sidious's game by having an apprentice who, you know, is tattooed to all get out and horned and, you know, he just he just looks so intensely evil. He wants to befuddle the Jedi and and you know and make them go, oh, the Sith are back, and this is what a Sith looks like. You, you know, they're the Jedi are going to look at Darth Maul and just assume that every single bad guy is going to look like him, or at least look as frightening as him. They're not going to be looking for the kindly old man in the Senate, right? Yeah. Like, I, I think so. You're right. I, I absolutely struggled with that when I was a kid, like how I'm like, well, just because he looks evil doesn't mean that he is evil. Like, what kind of message are you trying to send here? And I'm like, oh, well, it's not it's not Lucas's message. If you look evil, you are evil. It's Sidious playing on the Jedi's expectations. Yeah. And to mm-hmm. me, like his design reminds me of darkness in a mm-hmm. movie called Legend with tom cruise it's Mm. a total fairy tale um where um, tim curry plays the darkness and he basically looks like a rudimentary (laughs) devil basically uh yeah he's just all red (laughs) which Mm -hmm. is very similar to darth maul and darth maul just has getting ray park to um to be the to portray him mm-hmm. and bring in all that he brought to the, the um, lightsaber dueling in the fan. Oh, absolutely. Is, is just perfect. Mm-hmm. I think, Oh man. Yeah. I could just praise Ray Park's performance all day because, you know, of course he had aspirations to be an actor, but at the time of filming the Phantom Menace, he had no real acting experience. Mm-hmm. So what he fell back on was just being a martial artist. So, so those moments where, um, you know, Darth Maul's about to throw down, he's about to fight. That's just Ray Park being a martial artist. He's right. not thinking about acting. He's not thinking about his costume and all the makeup on his face and the contacts in his eyes. He's just thinking, I- I'm here. 
he's just thinking about trusting his body and all the things that martial artists do like right before a fight. And then that's, I think that's why the character is so intense because he's, he is so genuine in that moment. Ray Park is so genuine in that moment. He's mm-hmm. thinking about the backflips he's about to do, <laughs> you know, yeah. like all that stuff. He's not thinking about being in character. He just is like a living, breathing person in that moment. And it's so captivating and so intense. I love it. I will just, I will praise Ray Park all day. I absolutely will. Like, don't me, get me going. Me too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. who's your number one? <gasps> number one is going to be Kylo Ren, my boy. You left Darth Maul off your list. I don't know what you're talking about. No. Okay. So you see, you see, here's the thing. Darth Maul trans sends number one for me see like there's number one on the list and number one like it's it's not worthy of maul in my mind number one no that goes to kylo ren he can be number one he's top of the list but then like 20 steps above that is a ranking called crown emoji and a little heart like you know like that's what that ranking is and that's what darth maul is to me he he transcends number one to heart emoji with a crown like that's that's where Darth Maul is. Okay. I, I, I can you buy see? that. I can appreciate it. I, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Thanks. See, we'll see. Because that's the thing. I don't want to be boring. And I don't want to be predictable. These lists are going to get real boring and real predictable real quick. If, if, I don't, if I don't just straight up acknowledge Maul's at the top of this list. You know what I mean? Because there's no list we could do where Darth Maul isn't the number one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there, there's a couple lists we could do where Maul shouldn't be number one. I mean, he was almost at the one of my top light side users list because I'd be like, well, he wasn't, he wasn't Sith anymore. He's like, I'm formerly Darth now, just Maul. That counts. Like, wow. All right. No. Like, okay. So, see, like, uh, before Twin Suns came out, that episode. Yeah. Like the uh, the at least a month leading up to that episode, I I couldn't sleep. I was anxious all the time. I was nervous. I, I had pains in my chest because I was so worked up about Maul's fate. Like Rebels really got to me and made me really worried about what they were going to do with Maul's character. Yeah. That's how invested I am in Maul. So, can, so can, yeah. Katie, I'm not mm-hmm. questioning your love for Maul in any way. Oh, yeah. I, I know oh, it's no. genuinely true. Yeah, well, no, I'm just trying to explain why he, it, it should just always be a given that Maul is at the top of my list. And I don't I don't want to be boring in that way, you know, where it's just like, what's your number one? OK, say it starts Maul. All right, move on. Like, you know, <laughs> like, I, I appreciate that. I, I, I do. I really do. OK, so we're going to talk about Kylo Ren, my number one. <laughs> like, so tell me why you love Kylo Ren. I I love everything about him. What what you were saying before about how he's such an intriguing character. I I love that he's constantly being pulled back towards the light. We we have a, a dark side character again who isn't just straight up crazy. I love that. I, I love dark side characters where you get where they're coming from. You get why they're so upset and why they are giving in to their dark side emotions. Um, but at the same time you see how and why they would be pulled back to the light. And, and, and we're all cheering, I think for Kylo to come back to it. Like if he did atone and come back to the light, I think we would all be like really happy for him, honestly, like, the redemption. you know, yeah, the redemption. 
And then just, you know, getting into completely shallow stuff. I love his lightsaber. <laughs> you like the cross guy, like the Claymore. I love it. I love it. It's so fun. And and it's I really love how he swings it, like how he wields it. Like it is a big broadsword. He, he does, definitely. It, it's got some weight to it when he, when he mm-hmm. swings it. Yeah, I think it's very fitting for his character, too. Just those big wide sweeping uh, you know arcs that he does when he when he's you know swinging it around it, it feels very organic to his character like i can't see him holding onto a regular lightsaber and being quick you, you know the way other lightsaber duels are i i just love that he he's slow with it he kind of um uh he's like this mountain the way vader is mm-hmm. you know vader is just this slow mountain of power mm-hmm. that is just going to run you over like a train almost just going to bowl you over and i i just i love it i love watching him oh i love that part in the praetorian fight where he's holding his lightsaber and one of the praetorian spears and he's just using it to push this guy back and just push him and push him and push him until he finally strikes him down yeah. there's just yeah, there's something very raw and powerful in it that I think, again, it's just very fitting for his character. Um, it, it's like uh, it's like Snoke was saying, Kylo Ren is this, you know, raw, untamed power. And, and I love that that aspect of his character carries through in how he fights. Are you surprised that he had a blue lightsaber when he was a Padawan in Luke's Jedi Academy? Oh, not at all. Like, they're supposed to have blue or green, so, you know, whatever. <sighs> what, you wanted to be something different? different colors i i i thought it was interesting i like if i have to choose between blue and green my pick is always going to be blue um Mm -hmm. but it is interesting like the types of jedi that get green lightsabers like qui-gon and yoda and um, Mm -hmm. they are a little bit more heady whereas the blue ones are a little bit more passionate and sure yeah so I, uh, oh, and also I really like his big floofy hair (laughs) and his big, beautiful eyes. Oh, I just want to fall into those eyes. Kylo. His hair is quite disheveled in The Last Jedi compared to The Force Awakens. Yeah, in Force Force Awakens. Awakens, He he was like straight up GQ. Mm hmm. Yeah, he was very, very well quaffed. Very, yeah. Like I just wanted to run my fingers through it in Force Awakens, uh, less so in in Last Jedi. I mean, he was still beautiful, of course, and his hair was still gorgeous, but it wasn't as like brushable as Force Awakens. Brushable. <laughs> yeah, in Force Awakens, yeah, you just you know it seemed so voluminous like, and silky, but in in Last Jedi, I think he needed a nap. He just you know he needed he needed to go lay down for a little bit. And a towel. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I'm not going to complain too much about Force Awakens. I mean, uh, Last Jedi, because they uh, they gave us the shirtless scene. So, oh, okay. not going to complain. <laughs> Shredded. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's my number one is Kylo, and then of course uh, above that, like way above that, is is heart emoji with a crown. Uh, Darth Maul, my favorite. I've been invested in Darth Maul for the last like almost 20 years now. Like, ser- like seriously just keeping up with this character for the last, let's say 20 years. Yeah. Like just keeping up with him, every little new book comic that comes out and and just building his character from nothing, essentially, you know, just three lines in a movie. Darth Maul. Yeah. It's all about the Darth Maul. Love him. Love him so much. If the trace is correct, I will find them quickly. Master. 
Yes. At <laughs> uh, last, we reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last, we'll have revenge. <sighs> Love him. I feel like I feel like in X number of years, you know, after Kylo's been redeemed, like that redemption's coming. I can feel it. I feel it in my bones, Brian. Like that redemption, though. I, in X number of years, when he's like, you know, showing up in in you know. And the way Luke Skywalker shows up in The Last Jedi, you know, like Adam mm-hmm. Driver's old. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be all like so invested. Like the, I'm going to be invested in Kylo the way I'm invested in Kylo in, in Darth, Darth Maul now. You know, like I was like, wow, I've been with this character for so long. Uh. I, I just I love your passion and I mm-hmm. encourage you to <laughs> fan that a little bit. But at the same time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Take a cautionary tale to the Snoke theory, people. Where How do you mean? People that, How do you mean? People that like invested a ton in specific Snoke theories. Oh, you mean the, what's that? Uh, they, the Kylo like, theories? They're gonna. They're right now. I think that a lot of those people are um, a bit heartbroken in realizing that Snoke doesn't matter. Like. It doesn't matter who Snoke was or what his backstory was. He, he was just kind of – he had a part to play, and his part was more about giving significance to Kylo Ren and less about Snoke himself. So, like, if you invest a lot of time in, like, the redemption or whatever, it may or may not Brian, pan out. I mean, Brian, yeah. that's the power of fan fiction, my friend. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean – yeah, that's that's the thing is that um, the people who are upset about like Snoke these days, generally, I, yeah, I'm going to make a huge generalization right here. But the people I've found who are most disappointed are people who have never really needed to turn to fan fiction, people who have never found themselves underrepresented in media, people who have never you know, needed to look to transformative's works to feel, you know, validated by their, you know, by their fandom. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I have needed fan fiction and, and transformative works um, to, to kind of feel like I belong in star Wars for a really, really long time. And so if things with Kylo don't check out the way I want them to, I think I'm going to be all right, all right. because Fan fiction exists, you know. <laughs> and Katie, you know, I, I wholeheartedly believe that you belong in Star Wars, and oh, I know, I yeah. love talking to you about it, and mm-hmm. I love well, yeah, your passion that's... for it. So, oh, I, thanks, I Brian. Just, I, exactly, I appreciate well, you, but I just, yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's like um, fandom has gotten a lot better. As well, I mean, <laughs> fandom's always been fandom. There's always been unsavory people in fandom, but. Um, uh, Star Wars as a, as a franchise has gotten a lot better um, because, you know, there's way more women. There's way more stories that appeal to women in Star Wars um, or, or no, Star Wars has always appealed to women. I don't mean it in that way. I, I mean, there's way more stories that feel like they are made for us. It's it's no longer incidental that we enjoy it. It like it's, it's put in there. Yeah, it's intended. In, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like. That Darth Maul appealed to me so much as a young girl was completely incidental. George Lucas didn't know or care that I that Darth Maul resonated with me so much. 
but that Ray resonates with so many young girls is extremely intentional. Absolutely. And that feels really good. It, it feels does. so good. Yeah. I mean, Forces so. of Destiny is wholeheartedly mm-hmm. like geared and focused towards uh, the female audience, I think. I mean, not mm-hmm. that everyone can't appreciate Forces of Destiny for what it is, but it's geared yeah. towards little girls. Exactly. So, yeah, Star Wars has felt a lot more inclusive in the last few years, but back in the early aughts and stuff like that, you know, when I was looking for for things that appealed to me in Star Wars, well, Star Wars books and comics didn't really have a place for me, but fandom did. Fan fiction did. So, so yeah, if, if canon doesn't serve me, fan fiction absolutely will. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so my last number one, um, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be a, art, yeah, rather obscure, but um, there's this guy called Darth Vader. Oh, I yeah, I know him. Uh, you I may know have him. Heard of him. I know him. Yeah, he's been in like every Star Wars movie, <laughs> even pretty Rogue much. One. Pretty much. <laughs> um, like I, I, in I, I think. Vader's kind of a personification to me where he's much mm-hmm. less Anakin and more Vader. Um, mm-hmm. And that, like Rogue One is my favorite Vader by far. Nice. Where he is just. He's unleashed he, a little bit. They let him go. He's a nightmare. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I love that. Like, I think that Darth Maul has, has more depth Whereas Vader is just that raw um, darkness for me, because I think that there is there's more to Maul than um, what what Vader represents in in, in my eyes. So, um, but I just think that uh, he was someone to be afraid of when you were a kid. Oh, definitely. Yeah, like really good design. Talk about good character design. Like Vader's helmet is perfect. Absolutely. Yeah, those wide blank eyes. Just Yeah, I believed him when Obi-Wan said he's more machine now than man. Like, Twisted and... Mm -hmm. Twisted and evil. Like, so good. And you know what? Thank goodness that Vader was on your list because I was feeling kind of bad that Vader wasn't anywhere on mine, nor was Anakin. Like, Anakin wasn't on any of our light side lists, so I was feeling kind of bad. I I think, yeah. He wasn't mm-hmm. on my light side list either. No, he wasn't on mine either. So I'm like, oh man, we're we're coming up short with this Anakin love, and I feel like he should be somewhere on on either the light or the dark side. Yeah. So I, it's it's really good that he's on. He's he's your number one even. So that's cool. Yeah, like I, mm-hmm. I love Vader. Like he he for a long time gave Yoda a big run for his money, and I guess as I get older. And mm-hmm. I think more of the dadness comes out in me, the more I just really <laughs> love Yoda more and more. I, I saw The Last Jedi last night again, and um, it by far is my favorite Yoda scene ever. And I, I just I love it so much. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, I, I hope we get more Vader. And by that, I mean more Anakin. <laughs> I really want the Anakin Force Ghost. I want it so bad. Yeah. But again, fan fiction. That 
<laughs> if I don't get it, I'm just going to write fanfic about it. <laughs> oh. I think that mm-hmm. there is um, mm-hmm. a lot of potential to kind of service the prequel kids. No, they're not kids anymore. They're adults. No. <laughs> but um, the, the prequel fans, like just giving them an olive branch of uh, including Hayden Christensen in mm-hmm. like either the – the Kenobi film or um, as a force ghost, I think would be a, an olive branch to express goodwill. Yeah, no, that'd be amazing. Do you think Caden Christensen would be interested though? Cause this fandom did not do right by him. The, you know, it, his, the reaction fandom gave him at celebration at the 40th mm-hmm. uh, panel, I think was overwhelming and um, positive. And his interactions with people when he did the autograph signings was all super positive. I mean, he sold out faster than anybody ever um, at a celebration. So he should. He's Vader, and he was Vader to a whole generation of Star Wars fans. Absolutely, that's so good. I'm so glad. Those fans now are totally adults, and they're still involved, Mm -hmm. but they're just they're older now. And I think that. He, he's able to see a lot more of the positive aspect of what he gave us in the prequels. Yeah. You know, I saw, it was a Tumblr post I saw today and it was just the words, Star Wars is more than the original trilogy. And I'm just like, gosh, can you imagine if Star Wars was just the original trilogy? It wouldn't be so popular. You know, if no, I'm not even just talking about the prequels. I'm talking about, um, you know, yeah, the Clone Wars, the the video games, the books, you know, yeah, the Old Republic. Everybody, everybody loves the Old Republic. It, so if if we only had the OT and we didn't have this wealth of material that we do for Star Wars, it, it, all this just wonderful, wonderful stories, if we didn't have Hayden Christensen, <laughs> you know, if we didn't have the prequels, Star Wars would not be so alive and well today, I think. I think you it know? would be a lot more similar to like... Mm-hmm. The black hole from the eighties. Uh, it was sure. a Disney film with mm-hmm. Vincent and old Bob. Where like it was a great story and it had good characters, but, but I mean, you don't see a gigantic fandom of the black hole yeah. anymore. It's just mm-hmm. kind of it had its moment in time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I just yeah, and I know what you mean. It would it would feel so good to see um, Hayden Christensen appear. Uh, like just speaking as someone who grew up on the prequels, it, it would help with that feeling of inclusiveness. That feeling of hey, yeah, Star Wars is more than the OT. <laughs> it's it's your childhood too. It mm-hmm. belongs to everybody. Everybody who grow up and loves the prequels like that that'd be amazing so so yeah i do i do definitely love vader i love i love him at the end of revenge of the sith more than i love him anywhere else um but i think i mostly love him when he's anakin skywalker i mostly love aiden christensen yeah mm-hmm that's where my vader love comes from is from aiden christensen so what part mm-hmm. what part of anakin did you love Oh, I really, I don't know. I eat up the tragedy, honestly. (laughs) 
that that scene where um you know he and obi-wan are just yelling at each other you know finally they they've both clearly wanted to just scream at each other for so long and it's so sad that it it could only happen after like you know finally boiling over and it came to them crossing blades yeah. you know what i mean yeah. it's such a delicious tragedy to me i it's horrible again like it's horrible it breaks my heart i hate it but i also love it <laughs> like, okay. um and and the performance that hayden christensen gives when he's you know laying there burning and screaming i hate you it's i don't think that could have been any better acted or better played it, it, oh, it's okay it's okay <laughs> the mm-hmm. anakin fall in his struggle with hate mm-hmm kind of feels too real sure yeah it does yeah it feels it feels so real and that that's where i think a lot of people undersell the prequels you know they're they're like oh it it happens too quickly yeah it is a bit he does kind of heel face turn you know kill mace windu kind of kind of rather suddenly but all of that anger and everything that pushes him to do what he does it feels so real it's very relatable I don't, I don't like hate. I, I really mm-hmm. don't like hate. Oh, I, I don't think anybody I, likes it. <laughs> I, th- I think that hate is destructive and it, it destroys relationships and it destroys people. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. If only the Jedi had given him a good means to deal with it. <sighs> womp womp. <laughs> okay. Yep. Well, see, because the, the goal, ideally, ideally the goal should not be the absence of hate, but the, constructive dealing with it you know (laughs) you know what you know know what anakin Mm -hmm. needed a hug rose rose tico (laughs) rose tico yeah he just we we have to save what we love and not kill what we hate like honestly yeah 10 minutes with rose tico would have straightened out anakin skywalker i firmly believe that that's my headcanon like uh (sighs) yep i feel that Cool. Well, yeah. this was a fun discussion talking a little dark side. I, yeah. I don't like to get into that very much, but yeah, I guess I... the dark side. Yeah, no, that's my favorite. My favorite side. It's my favorite place to be is on the dark side. <laughs> Were you surprised by any of my characters? Mm, I'm surprised. I don't think we talked about Dooku at all. I thought Dooku was going to come up. Uh, yeah, he's not as cool as the other ones I said. Mm, that's fair yeah i thought about dooku too but there were just too many awesome ladies honestly like yeah there was no question of putting lana Kreia, and and valen on my list just because they're so awesome (laughs) Kreia is the one on your list that i I think would be most appealing Mm -hmm. to me yeah oh definitely yeah because she's a teacher absolutely i mean she's a dark side teacher well, yeah. no, she's dark side and a little crazy, but she is a teacher. She is ultimately trying to help her student grow. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, there's that. Um, but no, I don't think any any no one on your list really surprised me. I am I am just a little surprised though that neither one of us talked about Dooku because Dooku is a cool guy, and you know I I really like him as Qui Gon's teacher. Like I just want to know <laughs> all about their relationship. But. I kind of like the Clone Wars Dooku more than I like. The uh, movie Dooku. Oh, I like all the Dooku. Like, <laughs> oh, cool. So yeah, goodness. You want to wrap things up? I take it. That would be good. Yeah. yeah I think next week we're gonna 
try another episode of the Clone Wars where we look at the Domino Squad. Mm-hmm, you right. You wanted to continue. I do remember that was over the holidays. Yeah. Um, we've we've decided to do kind of a look at an ongoing arc in the Clone Wars. We're going to keep following the uh, the Domino Squad through the Clone Wars. And uh, we did their introduction last week and not last week over the holidays. Last time, I guess we touched, touched the subject. We did their introduction. And now we're going to do what the Umbara arc and yeah. the Citadel arc. Citadel right? arc. So that's like six. Mm-hmm. Um... Mm-hmm. episodes but yep. i mean i think we can get through it most of it we'll probably be talking about umbara because that has the most meat um, oh definitely yeah but um so mm-hmm. it, it's really just focusing on the growth of fives and echo um oh, and, yes. and what they ha- have given us in the clone wars and uh basically how the clone wars uh changed stormtroopers and making them into actual characters with personality and depth um that was kind of pretty cool yeah so yes next week we'll check in with domino squad if you haven't heard our introduction to the domino squad that episode is up and waiting for you to listen to it (laughs) i think though brian we're going to do a bonus episode this week if we can swing it correct yeah we are yes we're we gonna... want to do just one more episode about the last jedi do kind of a wrap-up discussion on that yeah that'll be fun Mm-hmm. i've seen it you said you saw it last night i have seen it 12 times now oh my god you've now seen it like okay yep. you had one day where you saw it three times in one day that's amazing. i did Oh my gosh, that was my perfect day, Brian. I uh, I'll have to tell you about it next time we record for our little bonus episode. But that day, where I just went to the theater and watched the Last Jedi three times in a row, I paid for all three tickets. Let's make it clear. <laughs> I I watched it three days in a row. That three times in a row. That was my perfect day. And yes, I can't wait to tell you about it. So how many but times that's... did you have to go to the bathroom during that session? Uh, let's save that for later. Let's. Uh... <laughs> Put a pin in that one. And we also, um, (laughs) there, Mm -hmm. before you know it, I guarantee you inside of, uh, a week and a half, we'll probably have a solo trailer. So that'll be another thing that's, uh, yeah. Another thing to talk about. I, yep. We're waiting for it. Did you hear my theory? I theorized that the solo trailer was hidden inside of five candy bars to await the children to would find the golden ticket. (laughs) Yeah. The golden ticket, except it's a solo trailer. Never mind. Never mind. So, yeah, that will be our bonus episode, Last Jedi. Next week, we'll check in with the Clone Wars. Should be a good time. But in the meantime, if you want to keep up with us, you can follow us at Moon Jockeys Pod on Twitter. Vote in all of our polls. That's always fun. Um, you can also email us with any of your thoughts at moonjockeyspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, again, if you have any thoughts about the show, any thoughts about your favorite Dark Side people or The Last Jedi, go ahead and send those to us. We'll read them out on the show. Um, Brian, if people want to reach you personally, where can they do that? At Balls and Play on Twitter and Instagram. Wonderful. Cool. And if people want to keep up with me personally, uh, my Twitter is at Dameron. It's all prequel love all there, a ton of polls and a lot of Hux love lately. I don't know where that's coming from, Brian. I don't know. I just feel I feel so inspired to tweet about Hux. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> Donald Gleason had an interesting uh, conversation <sighs> now recently. Did I'm he sure did? You saw that. I saw that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Brian, we're supposed to be wrapping up. Don't get <laughs> me into this about Hux, but you're right. He did. Dumble was all like, he asked for that scene in the Last Jedi where he almost shoots um, Kylo just to remind everybody that Hux is waiting for his moment, like. Donald didn't want everybody to think that that Hux is just a joke character and he's just going to get kicked around all the time. No, he is patient and he's dangerous. And I'm like, thank you, Donald. Hux is the best. Tweet, post. Hux is amazing. Retweet if you agree. That is an actor (laughs) that seriously services the character where Mm -hmm. just... Mm-hmm. bringing that to the table is is amazing so i, I that huge props all right all right yeah don't don't get me started on hucks i will keep going for an hour if you want more hucks love follow me on twitter but until then thanks for listening we'll catch you guys next time and just remember the force will be with you always <laughs>